So WR really has this mission on helping startups grow and scale as fast as possible. And if you think about as a startup, you need talent, you need customers, and you need investments. You're listening to Crypto Savvy, the show that demystifies digital assets and uncovers all things cryptocurrency. Brought to you by the Hashkey Group, a leader in financial technology and digital asset management. Crypto Savvy, the essentials. Whenever we talk about fintech, you always hear the word community. When we talk about blockchain, you hear the word ecosystem. Ecosystem, community, they're all about the multitude of startups, companies, entrepreneurs and developers who power the fintech and blockchain communities and ecosystem here in Hong Kong. As we look across the ecosystem and community, obviously you need community builders. And that's the focus of our discourse today. My guest is Karina Belin. She's a startup expert in Hong Kong and a technology and innovation visionary. She's co-founder of Angel Hub, Hong Kong's first and only SFC regulated tech investment platform. She also heads up sister company W Hub, a community builder and startup for professional investors. She's a member of the FinTech Association of Hong Kong and a nominee for the America Chamber's Women of Influence 2018, among any other roles. Join us as we talk now with Karina Belin as she speaks through the importance of community in the FinTech and blockchain ecosystem. Karina, welcome to Crypto Savvy Podcast. And before each episode, we want to understand what I call the hero's journey. So if you can introduce us a bit more to yourself and your background and what brings you to blockchain and fintech. What brings me to the startup scene in general and to fintech and blockchain in particular is uh, passion and purpose. And I started off my career 15 years working for Procter & Gamble, mostly in the finance department. I have a background uh, in the university studies in Germany, University of Mannheim, and uh, the ESSEC Business School in, in Paris. So started working first there in Europe for five years, then came over to Asia, fell in love with Asia, first seven years in Japan, and then uh, moved here to Hong Kong, mostly so in finance. Uh, one of the highlights was certainly managing the M&A of Gillette when Procter & Gamble acquired that small little other company and uh, was responsible in here for Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Macau. And we were always a very purpose-driven company. We said we are here to improve people's lives. And I think I really took that too literally because then exposing myself to the startup scene here, I became so passionate about startups, the entrepreneurs, their story, their mission, their crusade, that I decided I probably can improve even more people's life in a very meaningful way on really delving into the startup scene. And was there an aha moment where you said, well, look, I, I need to shift out of Procter & Gamble and I need to kind of dive into the uh, startup space? No, not at all. And knowing me, that may come as a surprise because I may seem very extrovert and very extreme when I go for trail running, but I'm pretty much risk averse and very rational. So it was more kind of like a steady road and a path of fortunately so far no return because I really found my passion in profession as cheesy as it sounds. Fantastic. Now you've got two companies. Uh, which came first, Angel Hub or W Hub? W Hub came first. Great. Can you introduce us to us that because I think that really is the community builder. Absolutely. Um, well, arguably, before I 
always love to start by saying that WHUB and AngelHub are, yes, two different platforms, but they're really united by the same vision and by the same mission and belief. We believe that innovation and economic growth is driven by startups, by the agile teams that drive their solution forward. And WHUB started back in 2013 with this mission and passion on helping startups grow and scale their business and therefore connecting them to all the resources they need. And we can talk a little bit later about what that encompasses. Uh, arguably with that, helping all other stakeholders to tap into the innovative power and uh, really benefit from the innovative power of the startups. Now, AngelHub is focusing in on one very specific connection, which is startups to investors and investors to investment opportunities in startup as a very distinct asset class. Before we dive into AngelHub, and I've got a lot more questions on that, uh, take me back to the foundation of WHUB. Uh, back in 2013, you've really focused on building community uh, within uh, for the startup. So what were the problems you were trying to address? and what does WHUB offer? So WHUB really has this mission on helping startups grow and scale as fast as possible. And if you think about as a startup, you need talent, you need customers, and you need investments. And the probably scarcest resource that you have is time. So we wanted to make sure that startups and founders can focus on what they do best, build their business. And back in 2013, the biggest bottleneck was really all about recruiting. For startups to get the visibility on the opportunities that they can create, their passion, their crusade, and I'll get to back to that in a second. And on the other hand, really finding talent that knows exactly what they're signing up for. So that's why on WHUB, when you come, you do not only talk about your product and services, you talk about your passion, your crusade, and how you're going to change the world. And then really scaled one by one uh, the services of WHUB to reply to all the other pain points. I mentioned about customers. So we needed visibility. We needed an opportunity to create awareness of the amazing things that our startups were doing. We also found the opportunity then to bring more traditional companies, corporates, and startups together in hackathon, open innovation challenges, uh, acceleration and co-learning programs to build solutions together. And then, obviously, with that, understanding that funding, particularly if you're a venture-backed business model, is an important point. And then, yeah, that led to the creation of Angel Hub. On the visibility part, we also really wanted to make sure that we give the biggest impact. And therefore, we also wanted to avoid that we are the own bottleneck of companies wanting, wanting to go fast. We created white papers, and you can still find them for free download on the website, where you can find a general introduction into the ecosystem, a fintech-specific one, a blockchain-specific one, and there is a new one coming out very soon, and all the way to then really bringing all of this together, putting it on a platform, a full-fledged tech conference that became and scaled to the core event of the Start Me Up Hong Kong Festival, which is called SIS. The beauty of WHUB is it understands the core audience, the startup, but it also connects with numerous members of the community. You talk about the talent pool. That's everything from recent graduates to engineers with 20 years experience. But those people who are interested in joining a startup prior to WHUB, they really didn't have a central place to go. So how has the community uh, flourished under your guidance? 
Yes, it was really great to see that uh, the ecosystem started uh, taking momentum. And back a little bit to your previous questions as, as well, it really takes a thriving ecosystem where all the different stakeholders understand the role that they need to play and the resources that they can provide. So talking about universities or you know, talking about organizations that promote talent and development opportunities in the startup scene is really, really important. We were very happy to partner up with some organizations from other parts of the world and, and organizing these events, hackathons, open innovation challenges, networking sessions. And then with that, believing in the power of uniting partners that all can contribute and benefit at the same time. So one of the things that we're very proud of and one of the things that was very important for us to go faster and bigger was this network of trusted partners. And we now count over 500 here in Hong Kong, the region, and even globally to make sure that if certain resources are provided by organizations or companies or individuals, we just refer them. We just make sure that they have a platform. We make sure that there is an opportunity to connect. And if we think that some of these um, resources, events, opportunities are, are missing, we're happy to execute them ourselves. We were one of the first to run the job fair here in Hong Kong that was only for tech and startup job opportunities. And uh, it ran over several years and started being part of, you know, bigger conferences and now obviously part of, of SIS. SIS began as the Startup Impact Summit and uh, recently shifted into the Scale Up Impact Summit. Uh, do you want to introduce listeners to this conference? Yes, and it is really along the same lines as WHUB, our hashtag is Startup Passion, which always stands for our passion to help startups grow and scale. But also, once again, helping startups to connect to all the resources by showcasing their passion, their purpose. Same thing with Startup Impact Summit. It was our wish to create a big impact by creating a tech conference here in Hong Kong that truly delivers superior insights, networking opportunities, and possibilities for people to drive their startup forward. So making an impact. But at the same time, once again, showcasing the impact that is created by startups. Already in 2019 and then moving forward 2020-21, we leveraged the framework of the UN SDGs to highlight that some of the most pressing problems are solved by startups through their very innovative solutions, leveraging technologies. And as you know, as being a very loyal supporter of SIS, we were really happy and lucky also to bring other organizations such as um, the World Economic Forum and their Uplink Initiative into the conference and once again, not only making impact, but also you know, co-creating the future and showcasing how the future is created by the startups. What I found in my experience working within and for major corporations is how uh, they're uh, interested in the startup community, but they don't know how to engage either. So one of the things I've found about WHUB and SIS is the way it gives big companies a chance to 
get connected with members of the startup in industry in their specific sector and perhaps tease out a longer term relationship. So it's not just kind of where startups go to get, uh, you know, people and, and resources, but there are some connections that are quite significant. So tell us, how how'd you get the big end of town to get so involved in this? Yeah, and we're really thrilled because we think we're now in this era really of, of true co-innovation. If we go all the way back um, at time where it was difficult for entrepreneurship to really grow and rise and starting from scratch because it seemed to be all very capital intense and huge barriers for entry. Then moving to that world of disruption where it seems that, you know, startups are here to just dethrone existing companies and uh, take them out of business to an era now I think where both sides truly understands that they are very, very different and can bring to the table the resources that in a co-creation program can fully unleash the innovative power. And that's what we're really happy with with WHUB in general and also in particular during these conferences are able to to co-curate. You know, startups are very agile, very innovative. Um, failing, which is just an equivalent for, for learning on, on, you know, finding your product market fit. Um, that's what they know how to do versus then, you know, bigger corporates that have an existing customer base, that have the scale, that also have the know-how that once you've found your product market fit, how do you systemize it, simplify it, standardize it and scale it to a bigger level can bring that. And obviously they can do that in collaboration with a startup where they don't have to fear about failure because that obviously in their own business model is a big issue. So we're, we're really thrilled on on, on these different programs and once again taking the opportunity of a full-fledged tech conference to highlight that and to make it happen. And last year, Hack Asia was probably the largest one because uh, supported by a, a big conglomerate here in, in Hong Kong um, that arguably had 10 different business units with 10 different problem statements uh, was a huge opportunity to, to showcase the power of such collaboration. Yeah, I remember that with the hackathon where different groups approached different problems within the conglomerate, whether it was auto dealers or property or uh, other elements, and just attacked the problem. And then the company was able to evaluate which of these solutions made the most sense. And none of them were perfect, but they were all innovative and they were all fresh approaches. Absolutely. And it was all built in 36 hours. Incredible. And uh, obviously, that led to, if not the implementation of those solutions, definitely led to partnerships to discuss future solutions. Karina, we talked about WHUB and its role in the community, but then you created another business, Angel Hub. And I understand this is a an investment platform. Can you uh, help me understand how this works? Because it funds and it receives funds. So what's the role of Angel Hub? Right. So Angel Hub is Hong Kong's very first and still only SFC regulated startup investment platform for professional investors on the one hand side um, to invest and on the other side into growth stage companies from across the world, but that decided to scale here in Asia and hence raise growth capital here in Asia. So with that, it really takes place, as we said initially, um, in a very specific niche of the ecosystem to make connections happen, which is 
startups to fundraising opportunity and investors as an opportunity to invest in that very distinct asset class. AngelHub is is a different platform, yes, on the one hand, because it's a licensed platform, but also because in its positioning, it made the choice to focus on two very specific stages. WHUB startups are very happy and welcome from any stage. Two persons sitting in a Starbucks feeling very passionate around a problem statement and coming together and sometimes having their first presence on WHUB, on the internet, before they built their own website, all the way to our very successful unicorns that continuously recruit and give back also to the community. Now, Angel Hub has two main focus areas. One are growth stage companies at around Series A. Typically, when you start transitioning from angel investing to institutional money, where you are looking to take your product market fit that you have initially proven and scale it. That's about 60% of investment opportunities that we put live on the platform. The other remaining 40% are later stage companies, Series C or beyond companies that um, are really truly believing in leveraging the benefit of crowdfunding, which is allowing to scale your investor base and to get more support for your company. And for us, it's also an opportunity for some maybe a little bit more risk averse investors who still want to understand what startup investing is to come on board. That sometimes feels a little bit more comfortable to do that at a later stage for companies that are much closer to IPO. Now, to your point, yes, we um, so open up these opportunities for others to invest, but we also walk the talk. So we have our own fund that uh, invests on the deals that are live on the platform. Um, also, obviously, because the platforms, the companies that we choose um, are the ones that we truly, truly believe in. And obviously, we want to benefit from their growth and from the wealth creation uh, that they are doing. So you're a dating site for startups and investors? I am used to that question because already with WHUB, when it was about startups dating talent or startup dating collaboration opportunities with corporates, um, People ask us, okay, is that passion part really, really literal? And uh, arguably a little bit, yes, because once again, what the advantages of equity crowdfunding, you as an investor, you do not park your money in a fund and then it's up to the fund manager to, manager to decide in which company they invest. On AngelHub, you can look into a deal. You can go through again, the passion, the purpose of that company, uh, you get to meet the team through their presentations. And then you can decide, I really, really connect with what the company is trying to solve. I really understand the problem statement. I do trust their solution. And I definitely want to support this company. So there is probably a little bit of this emotional part that really is one of the value propositions of equity crowdfunding. Now, I'm going to ask you a, a question parent to parent. You sound passionate. Are there any kind of uh, any of your children you want to talk about amongst the deals that you've worked on or some of the uh, success stories that come out of this uh, these ventures? 
Yes, of course. And I actually really, truly uh, talk about uh, WHUB and, and AngelHub as uh, as our little babies. So <laughs> our as in Karen, uh, my co-founder and, uh, and myself. So obviously, we're very, very thrilled have seen the ecosystem accelerate. And that's why we arguably call ourselves now an ecosystem accelerator, because we're, we're here really once again to help each and every stakeholder find the right place in that overall activity system to successfully scale companies. If you think about back in 2013 in, in Hong Kong, there were uh, only a very few co-working spaces, less than five. A very, very energetic and well-connected already at that time ecosystem, but very small and self-centered. So we needed to open it up and uh, bring others on board. And then not only us, um, obviously you need more than just one passionate organization to create a thriving ecosystem. But through that have given birth to now 15 unicorns, some of them more or less already officially announced. me separately if you cannot get to the 15 I'm happy to help um, but it's really thrilling to see and obviously in some of them we we do um, have invested and it's always a difficult question to answer like which is the one you're most passionate about or which is the one you're most proud of um, because I think the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is I love each and every of these stories um, but I think one of the other real advantages of Angel Hub is we provide a very diversified portfolio, not only in terms of stage, but also in terms of industries and, and focus. So be it uh, a Hong Kong-based uh, food tech company uh, called Avant Meats, or uh, be it uh, you know, able to be associated to beautiful success stories of our unicorn, so uh, proud investors in, in, in WeLab or Animoca brands. Um, all of this is, is fascinating. And also helping companies from overseas, be it an Israeli edtech company, Tiny Tabs, or um, be it a, a blockchain-empowered gaming company, uh, the Sandbox, to scale here and raise growth capital in Asia is, is fascinating. Well, we talked a lot about 2013. I want to talk about present day. Karina, tell me about the, uh, the, the startup scene in Hong Kong today. What's the community like and how different is it from eight years ago? It's definitely bigger, which is fantastic, and it definitely started becoming more attention, which is great. If you ask me, obviously, I think there is still a big misconception um, and not enough visibility on how vibrant and thriving Hong Kong startup ecosystem is. We have records um, on a global scale that, that we hold, and a lot of people are not really aware of it. So with that, I think there is still a lot more work that needs to be done. And I think the biggest uh, point and shout out I want to do is really convey this trust that people should have in the tech and innovation ecosystem here. Because yes, it has scaled in a very few years already numerous successful companies on a global level. I talked about the 15 unicorns, Sensam being you know, still the highest value AI company in the world, um, and so many others that are in the making and so many agendas. And this is a, a crypto and a blockchain podcast, right? A lot of key stakeholders in the global ecosystem are based here or are basing their ventures here now because they know this is where things are happening. 
Yeah, we've talked about Hong Kong, and I just want to take the helicopter up a, a few thousand more feet and talk about the Greater Bay Area. Uh, for those who may not have heard of that term, we're talking about a region encompassing Hong Kong, Macau, and several cities in southern China that have together uh, a population of about 70 million people. So this is a, a trying to become an integrated industrial and technology hub. And, and how have you seen the evolution of GBA? or Greater Bay Area impact the startup scene here in Hong Kong? Well, I would argue the Greater Bay Area was already in action before it was really spelled out and called out by the politicians as a new focus area. So if we go back and uh, think about you know some of really the, the big tech companies um, here, and if you even think about, you know, um, Tencent or Huawei, a lot of these companies built here in the region with talent that was coming from Hong Kong, from other parts of Asia, um, from China. Now, if it comes to startups, if we think about this region that has scaled already over 50 unicorns. And I'm just taking unicorns as an example. People who know me know it's not only about unicorns and not everybody is aspiring to become a unicorn. But if we just take that as an opportunity to showcase how quick and fast you can scale a company, DGI is a wonderful example of a company that has leveraged the Greater Bay Area to build one of the most successful companies in the world. And when we look into consumer products companies, I think it's probably still one of the unique examples where the market leader is from, from China. So it started off at HKUST with one of uh, the very uh, fabulous universities here. And then Frank brought his company over to Shenzhen to scale it there, obviously, not only to the China market, but to the global market and become the, the, the leader in, in drones. So um, if, we, if we think about the Greater Bay Area, the short version that I take advantage of to explain other people around the, the, the global and talk conferences that are outside of Asia is if you think about taking Silicon Valley, New York and Las Vegas and put them into one area that you can all get to within less than an hour, that is what the Greater Bay Area is. And you have Hong Kong as a international financial hub. You have Shenzhen as the production and hardware nirvana and tech innovation nirvana, which again, thanks to so many successful companies such as you know Tencent and Huawei and Ping'an, draw tech talent from around, uh, from across China to the region. And then Macau, which obviously would be the, the Vegas example, which also opens up a whole business connection opportunities to the Portuguese-speaking markets and obviously the gaming, hospitality and, and, and tourism industry. So it is just the beginning. Uh, you mentioned that it's about 70 million people. Um, it is in terms of GDP per capita already twice the um, average Chinese GDP per capita. And even in terms of absolute GDP is forecasted very soon to overcome the currently largest Bay Area, which is the Tokyo Bay Area. You know, one of the things that um, I, I love the most about the GBA is the focus on supply chain and the ability to make things. I mean, uh, there are there is software tech, but there are a lot of makers. Um, and when you're looking for a prototype, what might take nine weeks in Berlin would probably take nine hours in Shenzhen or, you know, overnight. And so the ability to prototype, to fail fast and to learn from that just happens at a different speed here. 
fully agree. And again, I mean, if you're sitting in one of the largest uh, um, markets for, you know, um, spare parts and electronic um, supplies, plus um, the fact, once again, that a lot of successful companies are there and drawing talent to the region, it explains that uh, I think still by now, about 50% of all IP filed in the tech and innovation scene in China comes from the greater Shenzhen area. Karina, I want to end on a, I want to talk about money. I want to talk about the um, opportunity. So Angel Hub allows crowdsourcing or, or allows investors to look at a variety of investments. What ethos, what approach do you take when evaluating where to put your money? What are some of the kind of smart things you need to think about when evaluating a potential investment in a startup or scale up? Obviously, when you start thinking about um, startup investing, it's very difficult to just explain what you are doing in one sentence if you think about the sheer size of the ecosystem and the investment opportunities. So also for us, when we start looking into deals, it depends very much if we're looking in a company that is at a series A stage or at a stage where you know they have just come to product market fit, tested it, validated it, and now are going into that phase of scaling it potentially even outside a different region versus investing into um, tech companies that are um, already very, very big in size and now more in terms of their product market fit looking into extending their business model, so to speak. So the earlier you go and they're, they're in general, if we really want to simplify it and kind of like take something that, you know, would really apply to each and every case, as I always say jokingly, there are only two parts that you need to assess in an investment. One is the team. The other one is the business. So obviously, the earlier stage you go, the more important it is to look at the team. A, because yes, um, for the business in itself, the traction might still be really, really, really um, initial. And you may not have years of audited financial reports you can refer to, not the opportunity to build very sophisticated financial ratios in terms of justifying your, your investment opportunity. Um, and that's, once again, where I think it is, is very important to understand the value proposition that um, Angel Hub and equity crowdfunding platforms such as ours can provide is because in that partnership through W Hub and Angel Hub, we have seen these teams grow from their initiation through their journey of recruiting, fine-tuning their business model, deploying it, expanding it to a point where now we can say, okay, we do not only have a snapshot of a team applying for funding, but we basically have the whole Netflix series to understand and evaluate. Do we think that this is the team that is best positioned to bring the solution to that very specific problem statement to success? And then, obviously, I mentioned that we do have companies we invest in at later stage. Also, once again, to have an opportunity for investors that are a little bit less risk averse or that really want to see that path to exit, you know, much clearer in front of their eyes. Yes, there, obviously, there are ways on understanding the business model, their product market fit, the superiority of the technology. But once again, there, um, we are truly walking 
walking the talk in the thinking of crowdfunding. So associating ourselves with very, very trusted partners uh, that uh, add an additional understanding and vetting to our own due diligence that takes at least 100 hours um, and then you know make make a very very qualified um, uh, opinion on if we if we think that we can help that that company in their in their further growth journey I think last I would have to really really do a special shout out to our investment committee because part of what makes Angel Hub really successful is the fact that not only we have, an amazing team with with years of experience in in the field, but we also have the buy-in and the heart and passion of our investment committee, which are over 50 independent, either serial entrepreneurs or successful investors or um, C-suite and industry leaders and experts that do want to be associated with the growth of these companies and help us make an informed decision and, and, and vetting on the companies that we finally list on the platform. You know, at the outset, we talked about the importance of community. And we've, uh, if we've talked about the two-person startup in Starbucks. We've talked about the scale-up, just completing Series A funding, or the large corporations wanting to partner with the startup. For any of those, if they want to get in touch and learn more, where's the best place to contact? So thank you for giving me this opportunity for a a shameless plug. (laughs) So either you go on whub.io or you go on angelhub.io and you should find the sign up button. So remember, it's not .com, it's .io. It's so much cooler and much cheaper than .com. Uh, Or you just try to reach out to myself, Karina, Karina Bellin. So it's with a K and an E, so K-A-R-E-N-A, at whub.io, at angelhub.io, or on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, we'll include those links in the show notes below, so make sure to click and follow. And if you see Karina, make sure you swipe in the right direction and stay invested. Thank you so much, Walter. Thank you, too. Today's episode was a deep dive into the importance of community, network, and ecosystem for the flourishing fintech and blockchain communities. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating as it helps others to find us. I'm Walter Jennings, and this was Crypto Savvy from the Hashkey Group. Thank you for listening to Crypto Savvy, the podcast that delivers the essentials brought to you by Hashkey Group. 